May is mental health month and yet at least one in five youth aged between 17 to 25 years has currently a mental health disorder in India. One in 10 has a disorder that causes common mental illnesses like anxiety, depression, mood swings and attention issues. No wonder when I searched the term mental health on Google in India alone, I found 145,000 results. As if this wasn't enough, the COVID-19 pandemic and global quarantines are causing an unprecedented rise in mental health concerns. Isn't surprising, Hina? Many people in the modern world are already struggling with their mental health issues even before COVID. So when suddenly there are reduced health systems, enforced lockdowns, and an overburdened healthcare system, this has disrupted many people's livelihood. And not to mention that new virus is clearly taking a toll. Uske saath, hamare desh mein agar mental health discuss karo, to matlab log tumhe pagal ka hi tag de denge. Unfortunately, the stigma around mental illnesses can often lead to silence and avoidance. Somehow, people get it into their heads that if they do not talk about it, it's just going to go away. As a consequence, some refuse to acknowledge that something is wrong. I have met a few parents who literally do not want to acknowledge that there's something wrong with their kid. They're okay to ignore their child's suffering than admit that their son or daughter has a mental illness that can actually be cured. I beg of you, please do not be that parent or that friend or that relative. Mental illness or depression is not going to go away if it's not diagnosed or not treated. By not talking about it, it doesn't eliminate its existence. It's not flu Neither it is cold This is Harita Rana, a youth architect on a mission to help ignite the mindsets and skill sets of 100,000 college students and graduates for clarity, abundance and success. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast and for your time. So in today's podcast, we're going to talk about maintaining mental sanity for graduates and college students. Now, why students? Because graduates and students are a tricky part of the puzzle. They are adults, but still growing. They're employees, but they're still students. They're advised and yet still alone. Graduate students are a target of all this because they often go unheard. Our brains are begging for a breather, but many of us are so engrossed in all the gross stuff that we forget to take care of our brains. Mental health is just as important as physical health. Every UR knows that a broken arm requires a cast and time for healing, right? Then what about our brains? Do we know how to support that part of our body, which is arguably the most important? Every person should know the basics of dealing with a mental health issue, but none of us sadly do. According to the data from the National Survey on Drug Use and Health, an estimated 13.3% of Indian adolescents experienced at least one episode of major depressive disorder in 2019, and yet 60% of these individuals did not receive treatment for their mental illness. 
I want to provide you with a better understanding of mental health in general because the more we know, the less we judge. Our ignorance should not be the reason that prevents us from understanding a friend or calling her drama queen. For all you know, he or she may really be in a very dark place. And hence, here in today's podcast, I'm going to share with you five simple point lists of how to start dealing with depression and mental health. Number one, ask for help. Because asking for help when dealing with a mental health issue is a sign of strength. It takes so much effort and bravery to actually step forward and attempt or admit that you are not able to handle your challenges on your own. There is absolutely nothing wrong with asking someone for help. Sometimes, even in late teens or early 20s, people are afraid to speak up. You know, they think we are bothering others or becoming a burden for others. They fear that people will think they are weak because they cannot do everything by themselves. When I changed school in 11th standard for three months straight, I cried every single night. I did not tell my parents, I refused any help and I was so embarrassed to say that my troubles were too much for me to handle. Finally, I reached a point where I asked for help and it was at that moment that I felt I was not alone for the first time in so many months. Asking for help? takes a lot of courage and it will never be a sign of weakness. Number two, adapt the triple E formula. I call this the triple E because I feel these three E's are the basics of every problem that exists in our life. The first E, eat healthy. The second E, exercise every day. And third E, enough sleep. Living a healthy lifestyle helps us to keep our mind balanced. During the young years, when things are constantly changing and we are constantly developing and growing, we become more and more independent. With independence and with this power comes more responsibility to make sure that we are making healthy choices. Not for your neighbor, not for your mama, not for your baba, but for yourself. We need at least seven to eight hours of sleep. Have you ever spent many nights staying up too late and your brain is so unclear the next morning? And then it's so hard to focus on that day. The solution is simple. Get to bed at a decent hour. And by decent hour, I mean latest 11 p.m. No later. We also need an adequate amount of exercise. Everyone knows and yet doesn't do it. Physical exercise has been proven to be a great way to release stress. Only because it releases the happy hormone in our body. Every time when you notice that if you do work out for a 30 minute, just see how it elevates your mood. And of course, you can have junk once in a while because I wouldn't say just don't have it, but it is extremely important to eat home cooked nutritious food every single day and binge on a junk meal once in a while. So yeah, pretty much eating healthy, eating right, eating enough and getting enough exercise. So the three E's that are extremely important. Rule number three is realizing that you have the power. I have control over my life. I'm smart. I'm unique and I have a purpose. See, if you just tell yourself these three things aloud every single day, 
you just will be reminded of the immense power that you have within yourself. We all have these positive qualities and honestly, we should never overlook them. There should be a constant reminder that you can always overcome the negatives because the positive outcomes are way more stronger. We all deal with mental health issue challenges. See, Megan Fox was once bullied, Priyanka Chopra, Hrithik Roshan, they were all called ugly, dumb and worthless in college. But their power trumped those words. You too are capable of proving everyone wrong. It just takes a little bit of determination. And more than determination, it just takes conscious effort every single day that yes, this is within my control and I can do it. This, it's not a big deal. Number four is there are tons of different coping skills for managing mental health. And you need to find out which one is best for you. For example, for me, meditating every single day, even if it's just for 10 minutes or 15 minutes, really helps me stay calm. In your case, you can start by meditating just five minutes a day. Second is mindfulness, which is a wonderful tool that we all have been blessed with. And in my subsequent podcasts, I'm really going to do one on mindfulness because it is so, so, so important. You can spend some try, uh, time trying to find out which coping skills would ease your mind. For a few people, like my husband, it is singing. He loves it when he sings and he's really less stressed. For a lot of people who enjoy dancing, it can be dance. For some people, it can be playing guitar or writing poetry or recording something new. So what you need to find out is what is helping you out, what is helping you cope better with the situation and you need to keep on trying new techniques and tools because only then would you be able to understand what works best for you. And honestly, if the troubles are serious, go to therapy. You could talk about your struggles with someone who would listen. There are a lot of apps. You can do a lot of online counseling sessions. With the internet, everything is available just at our fingertips. But what is required is we need to go out there and try. Take the first step in faith. Number five, surrounding your body on yourself with people who are healthy for you. It's just going to make your process, your life, your journey way more smoother. Bullying and unhealthy relationships make it very hard to deal with mental issues. I have seen that in college, it is so, so common to label and brand teenagers. Uh, names such as psycho, crazy, retarded, bhundu, moti. Uh, you know, all this sounds very good for fun and in light humor, but if the other person is unacceptable to it, I think nobody should cross that boundary line ever. Respect is extremely necessary in relationships. Finding friends who support you and treat you kindly helps to keep positivity in your life. It takes away a lot of pain, you know, that comes from experiencing a mental health issue. Maybe speak more to support. You should be mindful of not to oversimplify and say that this will be okay and just take all the support away but you need to handle your friends with more care. They may need space just like you do and let them know that you're there for them. Give them your genuine love and support. Try to include your friends in activities that you love participating in even if it's online. And the worst feeling is when you know you're treated like an outcast. So. What we need to do is by taking these five simple steps, 
we can always progress towards maintaining our own mental hygiene and then reach out and help our near and dear ones. You'll be shocked to know that the National Institute of Medical Health reports that one in five people who live in the metros suffer from some degree of mental illness. One in five. Let that sink in. And no wonder we were all so shocked when we heard what happened to Shushant Singh Rajput last year. By talking about mental illness on a regular basis, we as a society will hopefully unveil the false notions behind this topic. That is why May has been recognized and labeled as Mental Awareness Month worldwide so that we can help break the stigma surrounding it. In order to erase this stigma, we need to increase our awareness and acceptance. To summarize, these are the five key ways to help you maintain your mental sanity. Number one, ask for help because asking when dealing with an issue is nothing but a sign of strength. Number two, adapt the Triple E formula, eat healthy, exercise every day and get enough sleep. Realizing that you have the power puts you in charge. That's step number three. And number four, use different mechanisms and skills for coping up with mental health. See what fits you best, see what you enjoy best. Number five, surround yourself with people that are healthy for you and that who help bring out the best in you. See, like John Green said, there is hope even when your brain tells you there isn't. Mental health problems don't define who you are. They are something that you experience. You walk in the rain and you feel the rain, but importantly, you're not the rain. This is what Matt Hack said. I hope today's podcast, you could resonate well with what I was speaking and you became more aware because what mental health needs is more sunlight and more unashamed conversations. We all need to talk about it because just like your broken leg, just like your broken arm, a broken mind can be fixed. It is just an organ and our most important organ. We need to come out of our closet and talk about things that are bothering us so that we can learn to deal with them. Hustle karo, hustle karo. This is Harita signing off. Until we meet again next time, stay blessed, stay safe, stay ignited. Bye-bye.